Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian Gomez Palacio, and welcome to episode 17 of The Follow-Up. This week, we're following up on JustWorks, a human resources technology company that provides a platform that helps employers manage payroll, benefits, employee information, and more, with the goal of making it easier to start, run, and grow a business. The project, designed by Brooklyn, New York-based Order, was posted on brand new on October 28, 2020. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast017. That is B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-N podcast zero one seven, all in lowercase. This week, we're joined by Hamish Smith, partner at Order, Garrett Corcoran, senior designer at Order, and Chris Carbo, senior product designer at JustWorks. In this conversation, we go in-depth into the design of the custom type family commissioned from Colophon and the implications it had during the design exploration phase and how it was then tested and implemented by both Order and JustWorks. We also get to hear a fun story of how a design idea Order thought was the one didn't quite land, but also how it informed the actual design approach. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Hamish, Garrett and Chris. Hello everyone, it is Friday morning and I hope you are all as excited as I am today to talk about payroll software and type with Hamish, Garrett and Chris. Welcome to the follow-up everyone. Thanks Armin, great to be here. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, Thanks for having us, super excited to be here. So for our listeners benefit to be able to tell who's who, could you introduce yourselves with your name and title? I'm Hamish Smythe, partner at the design firm Order in New York. I'm Gary Corcoran, senior designer uh, at Order. I'm Chris Carbo, senior product designer at JustWorks. Perfect. And Chris, we're going to start with you. I imagine that part of the answer to this involves how competitive and more consumer-facing the market for payroll benefits and HR management software has gotten. But setting my assumptions aside, what prompted JustWorks to embark on a rebranding now? Sure. So really going into it, JustWorks has been around since 2012 and we've been growing a lot since then and evolving as a brand and a company. Around this time last year, we really wanted to dive in to the fact that we wanted to catch our brand up with where our company was at. And we we were starting to notice that we were falling into that category of typical startup visual identity. And we wanted a chance to stand out and be seen as an industry leader, as well as also bring together our brand language with our company core values. And we just wanted to pair up with a design studio who could bring that to life and really take us to the next level as we grow and mature. And the logo that you had, is it this one that you've had since the beginning in 2012? Technically, if you go back to 2012, there are some random asset files that still exist, but they're hard to dig up. And I believe the logo used to be uh, completely different than what it was previously said in Gotham. So it's like kind of this treasure hunt to go through and find 
any type of instance like that. But the majority of the time has been Gotham, all caps, and that cerulean blue, which has been our primary logo since. Okay, just wanted to make sure that uh, we're talking about the logo. People know that if there was something before to what we had, just because, you know, eight years is relatively young, but, you know, 2000, early 2000s and 2010, logos for web companies and startups were uh, sort of a wild west of logo design. So, Hamish, how did Order get involved in the project? Yeah, we actually got involved with JustWorks. Well, first of all, I should say that we've we've actually been a customer of JustWorks um, since... Uh, we founded Order, which was January 1, 2017. So not that long ago, but we'd been a, a customer from day one for our company. And my partner, uh, Alex, her company has been a customer since uh, a couple years before that. And I remember seeing the ads for JustWorks on the subway in New York. I think 2013 or 2014 was their sort of you know debut big ad push. And they did, and they, I remember they had these really handsome ads, all type left-aligned Gotham, say what you will about Gotham, but it does the job. And they were really smart and clever copywriting. And I remember those. And when my partner, Alex, started a company, I said, check out JustWorks. It looks like they get it, right? So fast forward, we became a customer, loved the product. And then in 2018, we were invited for an RFP. The connection, I don't know, but we were invited to submit a proposal for an ad campaign that they wanted to, to do. And we went through the process, but it was, you know, we're not an ad agency, we're a you know, design studio. And it was pretty clear that we probably could have done the project, but it wasn't our bread and butter. They they gave that project to somebody else. But during that process, they mentioned that they were looking to start a rebrand process next year. So that would be in 2019. When that happened, they invited us back in to chat. We ended up winning the project in well, probably late 2018, early 2019. And so that's how we got involved. Being a customer, I think really, well, Chris, you told me, but I think that was a big part of us winning the project um, was us sort of knowing the brand so well. So Chris, aside from having a, a built-in customer here, what attracted you to working with Order? Well, one, being obsessed with Order as their work and quality is amazing. The fact that they were a customer, they really understood and were able to relate to the product and what we were trying to do and connect with the brand. But I, I think when we first started having conversations with Order, we were able to see how passionate they were, not only for design, but for the company itself and what we offered. So there was just that really great connection that we had with Order from Gecko. I could add my partner, Jesse Reed and I, you know, we're sort of a little bit entrepreneurial and we have some other companies and I would classify myself as a business nerd. I'm really into companies and running businesses and growing businesses and things like that. And JustWorks helps companies do that. And so just from the get-go, we sort of interested in what they do. And I'm not kidding. It's excellent, excellent product and it's saved us countless hours of waiting through compliance documentation and things that they kind of handle for you. This is not an ad for JustWorks, but use it. So Chris, usually when we have a guest from the client side on the podcast, it has been a marketing or brand manager or an internal creative director. And this is the first time we hear from someone on the product side. So the question is, what role did your, you know, your own role play in defining the brief for the project and its development? I guess going back to when I first joined JustWorks in 2017, our team was a lot smaller. And we worked really close with brand as well. And at the time we only had a creative director and one brand designer. We tackled design as 
this like unit and not so much just brand and just product. And from there, we were able to really start to see these holes, I guess, in our brand system and as well as our visual system. So being on the product side, we were just constantly bringing up these holes and saying, like, okay, this doesn't make sense. How do we make this experience more uniform for our customer? Because at the end of the day, they're the ones traveling through this journey, I guess, from marketing side all the way into the product. And from there, we just started having more and more conversations around like what those holes were pretty much being like the foundational elements of color type and logo. And so from there, it started more as a conversation between the design team. And then it just kept unraveling into higher levels with our stakeholders. I guess jumping back a little bit into your question is the fact that we were able to start to look at how to evolve this brand, not just from a product side or a marketing side, but as a whole unity, I guess is the best way to put it. Basically, I wanted to focus on how could we also bring those design elements that are typically seen from a visual marketing side into the product and make sure that there's no disconnect. And really, I also just wanted to make sure that that experience was more unified, I guess. Yeah, I think it's not uncommon to find products or services or platforms where the marketing side looks like one thing and you're like, oh, I'm interested in this, I'm going to use it. And then you get to the product experience and it's a whole other thing. Like there's a big disconnect. So it makes sense that they hear the two are aligned. And as a follow-up question for context for our listeners, on the, if not day-to-day, month-to-month, were you the one only leading the project or were you, were there other people involved as well? Uh, When we first kicked off the project, I paired up with our design manager, Catherine Rowe, and we worked together to really tackle the project. Our marketing team actually had a really good strategy guide already put together in terms of like our voice and our tone and where we wanted to move the brand. So that was a huge jump off point for us. And then between myself and Catherine and the rest of the design team, we were able to put together a, I guess, RFP or a a little bit more of an expectation in terms of what we were looking for, for this whole refresh rebrand. And what were those expectations? We really wanted to get to a place that we could set ourselves up to still have a brand that felt new and fresh in, I don't know, five to seven years. Um, We knew that we were growing our brand into sub brands and that we would need to be able to have that work as a whole and then also we just wanted to empower our designers to be able to design with our new system and really have that brand showcased got it now garrett when you first heard stuff like this or this direct this direction and expectations did you have any immediate reactions to the brief and the challenges that you thought would be appropriate for the project yeah, I think wrapping my head around it was definitely a, a process sort of in its own right. And, you know, like Chris is saying, and like Hamish has touched on, we, you know, we knew the product so intimately, we use it every day, and, you know, we're just Merck's customers. So it's thinking about designing for a brand that, you know, I, I check in on for my healthcare, uh, had a little bit of extra weight to it. And, you know, from a more logistical design perspective, you know, we needed something that was flexible, right? You know, so it needed to work in product, but it also needed to translate well to their social media presence or marketing campaign. So as we started to, you know, wrap our heads around the brief, you know, we knew that it needed to be simple and flexible 
and have a point of view. So I think trying to find the right balance to all those different angles was intimidating at first, maybe, but, you know, also very exciting. Yeah, that's usually the best combination whenever you get a brief, both uh, being intimidated and excited about having to work on it. So uh, this is a question to both you and Hamish. What was your approach to the first round of the science presented? Did you go in with a single idea, multiple ideas? What does that look like on your end? The way we approached this was a little different because we we'd established, I think, early on, sort of before we, you know, even signed the project, that we'd like to do a custom typeface for JustWorks. That meant that we sort of had to adjust our process. And instead of we always start with a discovery and, and audit phase where we we interviewed them and you know spent a couple of days at the office uh, at JustWorks um, talking to a bunch of people and reviewing kind of everything they had. Sort of a typical you know research phase. But then instead of going straight into design, we started working with Colophon Foundry in London to begin this custom typeface. And so we were sort of, we had a bit of a chicken in the egg problem because we were trying to design a, the identity was going to be type-based. We knew that because we were doing a custom typeface, we'd want to make that fairly prominent, but we didn't have the typeface yet. And so we were sort of in this limbo where we kind of knew what we wanted the typeface to look like. Colophon had started work on it, but we had to sort of go in with dummy typefaces in the first round. And I think in hindsight, to answer your question specifically, I think we had three directions in the first round. All of them used placeholder typeface. We knew what we were designing and we had drafts that were coming along, but we used proto grotesque as a substitute, which worked out great. So we went with three ideas. And I think that we... I, I was very excited about one of these directions. And I remember coming in one morning, I was like sweating. I was like, Garrett, crack the code here, like review these sketches. And, and I had it all figured out. And so we sort of like put a lot of effort into one of these directions. And I think then what happened, I remember the presentation at JustWorks, we made the mistake of presenting the typeface and the branding directions one after the other. And presenting a typeface you can't really do it in in 20 minutes. It took, you know, it took an hour and we had an hour and 15 minutes scheduled. And so I'm kind of sitting in the meeting room watching the clock tick and uh, the colophon guys are presenting the typeface. And I'm like, oh, I have 15 minutes to go through 200 slides. And so we ended up having to race through it all. And that, that I think kind of derailed the first part of the process for us. We unfortunately had to sort of show these really quick ideas and then say, okay, you know, they all had hard stops. We're like, all right, well, we'll leave you with the PDF. See you in a week. And I think that might have sort of hamstrung us a little bit. However, we came out of that with, with glowing uh, approval for the typeface. So once we had that, we sort of recalibrated and went into a second design phase. And, and that's sort of where we started to, I think, narrow in on what we ended up with. Sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> It was long, but it was highly entertaining. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> so it's it, <laughs> it was dramatic. I'm sorry. Um, so it's interesting that you, before you presented the science, you had already pitched the idea for a custom typeface. So, Chris, how? Did you receive this? I mean, it's hard enough to pitch a new identity, but to pitch a new typeface around which this identity will revolve seems even harder. So how was that received on your end and by the rest of your team? I was super excited for the typeface exploration and the fact that we were going to take that route. But once 
we were all aligned on the idea that we wanted a way to stand out and have our own identity and be able to really own that. The conversations around having our own typeface really just fell right into place. And once everyone started to see the difference in what typefaces could do, especially stepping away from Gotham because we were using a combination of Gotham and Gotham Narrow and Lava, it was it was it wasn't as clear as to like where we fell in. And like I said, we were blending in with everyone else who was using Gotham. So having that type of outlook and perspective on this new, unique, cool typeface just got everybody excited. And then for the design team, we're all pretty much nerding out over, you know, like what it could be or what are the details and like, what are the specific characters and how that could impact how type is seen in the product too, especially because our product is so copy heavy. It was really easy to emphasize the importance of having good typography, whether it's on the website or in the product itself. And that impact that really goes a long way with legibility and readability. Uh, if I could add, I think that was our main kind of pitch about the custom type was that, you know, JustWorks is not a company that produces a lot of imagery. They don't deal with, you know, gadgets. Uh, they really deal in policy and numbers, finance, company, written stuff, like numbers and letters. And so maybe that's like a bit of a simplistic view of it, but uh, that's kind of what we said. You know, you guys deal with characters constantly and you should, one way for you guys to stand out might be to use a custom typeface. And, you know, custom typefaces these days are uh, very much in vogue, of, of course, but I, I still stand by that that reasoning. And I think it's now being used on their product, you know, successfully. Yeah, and I'm usually the first one to say that whenever a company has a custom typeface that looks like a dozen other typefaces available already by retail, it's like, what is the point? But I thought the JustWorks typeface, Oatly, is really, really unique. It has very peculiar elements that stand out that are unlike anything you see out there. Like it reminds you of a certain, a, a number of typefaces, but the combination of things is just really, really interesting and it stands out. So I'm curious, what was some of the direction that you gave Colophon? And maybe we'll bring in Garrett into this answer. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of different things to consider. And like Hamish was saying, you know, we were looking at all the different places this typeface needed to show up. So I think our brief, you know, was a little bit two parts. You know, the first half was very utilitarian. You know, we needed this typeface to work well on screen and, and handle a lot of figures and a lot of information. So we had, you know, taken into consideration the width of the drawing, you know, if it needs to be a little bit narrower to, you know, maybe accommodate a lot of different text and a, a smaller size. And then the second half, I think, was a little bit more expressive, you know, with a lot of this information and things that are very type heavy, you know, we need a little bit of character to give people a guide through it and make sure they can, you know, stay interested as they're reading, you know, maybe 30 pages of healthcare specifics. So, you know, when it came time to talk to Colophon, we passed off, you know, a lot of these technical requirements. And then, yeah, that second half was a little bit more into the design concept phase because we needed something that would really balance the utilitarian side and the expressive side. And, you know, as Hamish mentioned before, you know, we had this this sort of aha moment on one of the concepts. And I think that was, uh, you know, a little bit of our way into where the typeface could go. I mean, the 
the timeline of that is sort of a, a little up in the air, like like you said, the chicken or the egg. But we were really drawn to this idea of, of machines and how things work and catalogs. And that's where, you know, our head was at for what this typeface would look like. And, you know, we had some of those references in mind that we passed on to Colophon and they just sort of took took it and, uh, and ran with it. And by the time they came back to us, they had, you know, a library that was, you know, much larger than our own. And we knew that they really understood what we were going for. That was spot on. Well, one of the one of the concepts we had for the type was that JustWorks found out that their original name, which I don't think lasted for long, but their original name was Clockwork or was going to be Clockwork. And because, you know, it's all about like timing and HR and stuff like that. And we kind of ran with that and had found a, a manual of uh, 19th century clock and watchmakers parts it was a, like a catalog and it was one of those really amazing old catalogs with illustrations just filling the page uh, with little figures and type and then like priceless on the other page and in catalogs like that there was often you know very utilitarian sans serif typefaces being used as like headers and things like that which i presume was sort of like a modest kind of non-flourishing um, way at the time to sort of display a heading and you know probably seemed quite modern as well and so we kind of ran with that and looked back at sort of late 19th century German sans serifs and things like that, which still had some of these flourishes and things. And thank you, Armin, for the compliment, but I can confidently say that we ripped off most of those little flourishes from, like all good type designers do, from those old specimens. But my hat's off to Colophon. They really did the hard work on that one and did an amazing job. So this is the f one of the first times, I think it is the first time that we talk about custom typeface. So I want to spend a little bit more time, more than we will already spend on uh, the process about how it gets designed. So, you know, as an example, you already mentioned that during the design presentation, Colophon spent an hour presenting it. So a little bit of what happened before that, what happened after that, how does the typeface get tested by you at order, by you, Chris, at Just Work. So uh, maybe we'll just take turns a little bit about going into how, from start to finish a little bit on how that custom job works. Yeah, so we, like I was saying before, had talked about a lot of the requirements that, you know, we wanted the typeface to hit, you know, as Colophon sketched, you know, began their process, they were sending over, you know, beta files and testing out different characters. And we took those on our end and started applying them to some of that, that branding work that we were doing. Yeah, Hamish mentioned before we had kind of a dummy typeface. So there was a, a little bit of a phase of just swapping those things out and seeing what that looked like and what that felt like. And then from there, at least, you know, on our end, we sort of did a, a pretty rigorous test of scalability, what it looks like on different colors and how it's starting to mesh with all the illustration aspects that we were, you know, using at the time. The brand had since transitioned away from a lot of that work. But I think, yeah, it was it was really just a, a trial and error of seeing uh, how it matched up with the branding work that we were already doing. And then once we had like the beta files for type in our product, like we were able to start using them in our design tools to get a sense of how we could see that difference between Gotham and this new typeface. And I think that was also one of the super awesome things Colophone did in their presentation. They did a great job of showcasing like the difference between Gotham and Gotham Narrow to this new typeface and those slight nuances with changes definitely went a long way. And once we had it in the design tool, we were able then to start implementing it on the product in our staging site to get a sense of how much of an impact can this have? 
how does legibility work? Again, it was one of those selling points to for everyone else to see, like, oh wow, this this is making a huge difference. This is definitely the right decision. And it was great because then we we're also able to dive a little bit deeper with, you know, maybe more of a magnifying glass over certain letter forms, but also that general sense of the flow and the dynamic of what's happening now between the type is super evident and clear to everyone. And we were just super excited to see how it continued to progress. Overall, we were just testing it through our tools and seeing it in staging sites. Now, I can't remember exactly how many styles or weights there are in the type family, but did you have weights and styles that were specific to mobile use, then to desktop, then to print? Or was the whole thing designed to work seamlessly across all three? Which, you know, nowadays it's a little bit easier to have three different things, font files for the different mediums. What is the actual toolkit look like? Yeah, uh, so there there are three weights of the typeface. There's a, a bold, a regular, and a display face. And you're you're right in that we tried to make the core family being the bold and the regular work, you know, do a lot of the, the heavy lifting across all of the platforms. You know, we had briefly talked about doing maybe a micro cut, but I think the regular was something that worked well, you know, at, at all the different sizes it would need to. And, you know, I think that's a testament to the, the great work that Colophon did is they really understood the brief. So yeah, the, the bold and regular do do most of the heavy lifting, but we do have the display cut that it has a little bit more of that expressive quality to it. And that's usually just reserved for, you know, maybe bigger use cases like out of home ads or, you know, big larger headlines on the on the website. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to get at the micro cut that maybe was designed for mobile use and for all those figures that are uh, deployed across the JustWorks environment. We definitely worked at a screen size for that regular weight and and the bold as well and made sure it was going to work you know it performed best in our opinion when it was um, you know on a phone screen or on a or on a desktop screen but the display weight was the one that's supposed to be blown up and and used for headlines and things like that so going back to the design presentation and that breakthrough that you had was that breakthrough that coming in sweating into the office did that make it into the final design approach or was that just uh, a fleeting moment of uh, creative genius that didn't happen. Well, I uh, I don't know why I was sweating. I don't know why I added that, but it makes <laughs> it more dramatic. So it's fine. We'll allow the creative expression. It's fine. I came in. I was I was breathless. No, so that direction, that that breakthrough direction, did not make it to the final cut. And if I can describe it briefly, it was those watch parts that I mentioned before. I'll send it to you, Armin. It was cool. We, we thought it was. Uh, all of those watch parts from that catalog, we kind of cut them out and then collaged them into sort of Monty Python-esque illustrations of like weird things. Um, so we had these like cogs moving with gears and, and things, and then we'd bring in other photos and kind of arrange these elaborate scenes and then, you know, had some type coming in and we, we animated them and went all out. So that did not make it to the final. Maybe we can do a behind the scenes um, if Chris allows. But what happened was after that presentation where we had to rush things through, we went back to the drawing board and I think JustWorks asked us that, that what they weren't getting was their sort of strategy pillars that they'd been working on. They weren't coming across and those were confidence, support, and growth. So, you know, the confidence to build your business, the support, 24-7 support is there. 
big thing and they they actually have 24 7 support it's amazing and growth you know helping you grow your business they said that those three things weren't coming across and so that was sort of our our little brief after the first presentation and so we went back came up with some new ideas and one of those ideas sort of had that underlying feature in it which is a very simple i think in in your write-up i mean you um, unprompted sort of said, I guess this means support. Uh, and that's right. That's exactly right. So I'm glad that, you know, that comes across. It's a, just a very simple, thick line underneath the, the word JustWorks, if you haven't seen it, uh, to convey that JustWorks is there to, to support you. Uh, but also the underline for us was this idea of like, when you're confident about something, you underline it. Um, in writing, if, if you want to emphasize something, you underline it. And then to sort of convey growth, the third thing, we came up with the way of taking that underline and expanding it out and framing words in it and doing a few other moves like that. So we tried to sort of visually take those three things and have some fun with them and, and build a system around that. I forgot the question. I, I think I started rambling. <laughs> you answered, yeah, we, you started off right by answering the sweating, dramatic uh, idea, yeah. that moment <laughs> of creative genius and uh, segueing into what was actually going to be my follow-up question. So you're, you you made it uh, all seamless. So well done, uh, Gareth. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in and reinforce that dramatic moment that Hamish ran into the office. It, it was maybe not as dramatic as we're putting it, but I think you could see a little bit of the the excitement and the idea and that it was really resonating with us. And yeah, though a lot of it kind of uh, wasn't really hitting the mark in the way that we wanted, I think there was there was something there that did carry through to the the end result. And, you know, in the first draft, we were maybe making these collages and collections of illustrations. And in the end, you know, we tried to do maybe a similar move with the typeface. So I think, you know, in a way, we almost swapped one out for the other to reinforce, like Hamish is saying, that that support and that growth that JustWorks really wanted to see in the brand. Yeah, I was actually going to say, when you started mentioning about those Monty Python-esque collages, is that the end result, even though it's purely typography and purely solid blocks of color, they have very textural, they're very rich. They feel, they, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's just type. Like it really feels like a visual language that is rich and colorful and vibrant and dynamic. So with that said, Chris, was there any point or anyone say, why is it just type? Couldn't there be more? Like, couldn't we use photography or illustration or 3D stuff? Or were you just pleased from the beginning that it was so simple? You know, definitely from the beginning, we were amazed at how, how much type and that color block visual system could go a long way. And we felt like we almost didn't need to rely that much into photography and illustration styles to do that heavy lifting. But also one awesome thing that came out of the typeface was some of the glyphs and how impactful those elements and styles could be. So it was like maybe a two for one deal, I guess, with, with the type and pulling in those elements to help create that type of visual language. But Again, kind of going back to another way of standing out against our competition, a lot of those brands are using photography and illustrations in certain ways. So it was another way to differentiate ourselves by just going all in on type. Yeah, and, and I think also in technology companies recently, there have been certain illustration styles that have become you know, a trope to be frank. And I think people will know what I'm talking about. And I've absolutely been a part of that thing. I'm not saying I'm above that. We really wanted to 
you know, we gave them some guidance around photography and illustration, but we wanted to sort of see how far the type could run for it. And the glyphs that Chris mentioned, you know, um, and I think our shared mutual ex-boss kind of was a fan of the big arrow movement. So that's a trick that I, I like to deploy as well. I think the problem with photography with these types of companies is that they, like taking photos of a workplace is always cheesy. I mean, it may be if you get a really good photographer to, to come in and do that, but photography, I think for these types of businesses can be tricky where you've got, you know, a tendency to use stock imagery a lot and, you know, stock photography in an office is like the cliche stock photo. So you don't want to use that, but it's not to say that JustWorks can't use photography. And we did give them some, some guidance around how to do that if they need to, because, you know, this is the real world and photos are going to happen. <laughs> I had a question that I should have asked earlier about the name of the typeface, which is named after the founder. How was that received? Because I've heard stories of founders hating that a fund was named after them or a, bit, or a product was named after them. Uh, what was that reaction like? Well, the naming of the typeface was actually from, from the client side. Garrett and I came in with the brilliant uh, name, I believe, of JustWorks Sans. We thought it was one of our best, but probably wisely, JustWorks wanted to come up with their own name. The Isaac Oates uh, CEO sort of got that responsibility to have it named after him, I guess, or that honor. Um, and so Oatly was born. Um, I think it's a great choice. It's cute. Definitely better than JustWorks Sans, but uh, you know, it, it was having functional. So going back to the original idea that you had that we're going to make this custom type family is going to be great. Did it live up to your expectations of what you wanted from the beginning? We were, I, I think, can't really act shocked that, you know, your own work turned out good because, you know, that's the goal. But I was shocked that this type came out so well and had that. I was worried that it wouldn't have that uniqueness that you spoke about, Armin, and I'm so glad that Colophon and we got to work with Colophon and they got that uniqueness baked into it. I also have to give all of the credit here to Garrett. Once we had that idea, Garrett really championed this idea and was the, the main drive force behind everything that you see. I appreciate that. Um, I'll maintain that it was a, a collaborative effort for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of our original you know, vision for all the aspects of the project, I think for me, the answer is a, a little bit of yes and no. And I think the typeface, like Amish is saying, is beyond our expectations you know we're just really happy with how it came out and how it's working and you know that we get to see it in the product that's been really you know just great to see and again a, a testament to colophon the actual brand itself i think took a, a little bit of a, a journey and a process like we've talked about and you know maybe doesn't exactly align with where our heads are were at at the beginning and i think that's for the better i think you know that was like in a really good way you know we had worked with just works a lot. And Chris, if you remember one of the early, you know, workshops where we talked to your design team very, you know, one-on-one -on -one to really understand a lot of the problems that they were facing and, and you know, what this brand needed to hit. It, it evolved a lot throughout the process, but I think it was all for the better. Okay. I do have a follow-up question. Did you know that you wanted to work with Colophon from the beginning or did you do a whole exploration about who to work with? Did you put out an RFP of your own? How did that work? I, I did want to work with Colophon and hadn't done a project with them before, but we'd invited them to speak at our office. We also run Standards Manual, the publishing company, and we order and Standards Manual share an office in Brooklyn. And when we could do events and stuff in that other life, I think it was maybe two summers ago, we had Colophon 
in town and we invited them to speak at Standards Manual, talk about what they're up to. And we really loved their approach to type work. It was very research-based and sort of, we thought it aligned very closely to, to how we work. And so they were, you know, top of our list. And I sometimes visit London and have a beer with them. So they were top of our list. We love their work and there was no RFP process. It was sort of contact Colophon, um, see if it's within the budget. And that was that. Chris, what is the most exciting part of this new identity and new typeface now that you've been working with it for a few months? I think uh, definitely I am most excited by the versatility of it, even though how simple it can be, meaning like the visual system is like we said before, that support underlying, that focus blocking, it just offers so many fun and bold ways of calling attention to certain things in the product or in marketing and bringing that to life has been so much fun to design with. But I think the best part is showcasing that work in the office to not only the design team, but everyone else around it. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a all hands presentation and order joined us and we showcased the work and it was just great to see the response of everybody and the excitement of this new system and how easily it could be used. Just one, being able to use it and two, the reaction of everybody who's seeing it has been super awesome. Yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that a lot of the identities we see, we think that they're meant for the consumer, but they play a really important role on the internal culture and how that manifests inside. I think it's also important. So it's a, it's really nice to hear how well it's being received on the inside. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the internal use. And, and that was one of our other main reasons for proposing the custom type was that uh, we wanted to empower everyone within JustWorks to be able to produce branded materials. And so if your day is spent in Word documents and maybe you don't ever get to, to do any sort of branded things, having a custom typeface called Oatly, that means that you can, you know, kind of be a designer as well and produce branded stuff, even if you're only dealing with figures and, and words. So that was another big driving factor behind it. And it's great to hear that it's playing out internally. I think it was also a great indicator that after we shared everything, a lot of people were reaching out to us, how do we get this new logo and lockup in our email signature? Like, <laughs> how do we start to use it? So that was just another great response to see and hear. Yeah, I think just people wanting to use it is a good sign. And, you know, when you mentioned the good type on Microsoft Word, it's just like it uh, does not compute. But it's great that, you know, that's an expression of a brand that we often forget about or don't even think about. It's something that maybe we all as a design community can strive to to have a nice type on Microsoft Word, which I know it's not easy to put it across so many computers uh, like licensing, but that's what a custom typeface us. I want to thank you all for your time today. It was great to get really into the details about how to design a custom typeface, how the process works, how that can be applied internally. And it's a lovely piece of design, not just the typeface, but also the system around it. And I guess you hear this a lot, but it really does just work. It works really well. So thank you, Chris, Hamish, and Garrett for joining me today. Thank you, Armin. Really appreciate you having us on and want to say thank you for the work that, you know, that you do for the industry. We're big fans. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on and just 
reinforce what Hamish is saying. We we are very big fans of brand new. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. I, I think the coolest thing is I got to work with Order. I got to work with Colophone. And now I get to work with you, Armin, on this. So it's all my bucket list has been checked. <laughs> so thanks. I love this ending where people praise uh, me and brand news. I'm going to start to make it a, an obligation that at the end people have to say this. Now, now I appreciate it. So uh, thank you again. And uh, I'll see you around. When you can get an office full of non-designers excited about type, as was the case with the JustWork staff, you know you have done something right. It probably helped to have named a typeface after the company's founder, but, you know, kidding aside, it was wonderful to hear the work that went behind the type family, the cleverness and appropriateness of its application, and how it was all embraced internally across product, marketing, and day-to-day -day operations. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there.